0: Welcome into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show.
1: Watson takes the snap, here comes pressure, and Frank Clark takes it down! Frank Clark, Clark the show! Jaws! On the
0: official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio.
1: Right on a corner pattern for Williams, and the pass is intercepted! The Honey Badger got him! And did I say, Rivers hadn't thrown a pick yet? He has now!
0: The Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino, where it's at.
1: Holmes has time here, throws it long, he's got a man in the middle of the field, Watkins! 15, 10, 5, angling left, touchdown! Kidd!
2: City.
0: Here's Jay Binkley, and welcome to the Arrowhead Pride post-game show.
3: I'm Jay Binkley, produced by Kramer Sansone. Well, Kramer, the date was September 26, 2017. Cairo Santos was going on the injured reserve. Red Veach, his first year GM. They liked Harrison Butker. They've told they scouted this guy in college. They liked him, but he was scooped up by the Carolina Panthers, put on their practice squad. She said, You know what? We'll take you. And it'll put us right on the 53. So October 2nd, 2017, Harrison Buckter connected on that game winning field goal against Washington. And the rest is history. Two 58 yarders today. That was a cheat. That was a personal. Career high for Harrison Butker, and it tied a Chiefs record. Nick Lowry did it back in 1993. Nick Lowry also did it in 1985. Few and far between, but that is ice water in the veins. Penalty, Nick Allegretti moving back five more yards from 53 to 58. Take a timeout to the Lynn. Icing. It's tough to ice a man with ice in his veins. Harrison Butker. It's, it's the difference between winning and losing. We see field goal kickers just so frustrating when you're watching games and you lose. You didn't lose this one, even though it wasn't the Chiefs' best effort, not even close to it. They only had one penalty for five yards in game one, 11 penalties, 90 yards in this one, the final drive. Mahomes wasn't getting any help from his offensive line. Andrew Wiley hold, KO, Coletio Simile hold, but got the job done. But really my opinion on this is the word fear. F-E-A-R. We'll get to your phone calls in just a second. But that's what Mahomes instills with impotence. Seven comeback wins now from double digits from Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes now 13-1 and against the division. He moves to 9-0 and in the month of September. It's called getting off to a good start. Getting off to a fast start. Yes, the Ravens loom on Monday Night Football, but... Time to let this one sink in. 28 touchdowns for Pat Mahomes, zero interceptions in the month of September. See, the Chiefs have what everybody wants in football, and that's a quarterback that you know wants to win. You saw him take off and pick up first downs with his legs. You saw him use his body. He wasn't going to slide. He was going to go ahead first. That's Pat Mahomes. You do not want to see him at the end of the games. Matter of fact, even one of those, one of those crazy stats you'll ever hear about Mahomes, he's never lost a game by more than seven points in his career, which means he's always in the game. And for the longest time as a Chiefs fan, you hated to see John Elway have a minute and a half left. And there for a while, we hated seeing Phillip Rivers. And yeah, I know. A couple years ago, it came in the arrowhead and won, but the Chiefs have won 12 of the last 13 against the Chargers. Nine out of 10 against the Raiders. Nine in a row against the Denver Broncos, who got hurt. To what Obviously, Drew Locke hurt today. He's going to be out a couple weeks. Dusty Likens on our NFL desk will get an update on scores and fantasy and injuries coming up throughout the show, kind of a new addition to the show when it's on a Sunday. But fear is what Pat Mahomes instills. You saw the body language of those opponents. The 49ers found out in the Super Bowl. They were posing for pictures in the end zone. They thought they were Super Bowl 54 champions. It wasn't it meant to be? Number 15 plays for the Chiefs. This is what he does. I got text messages all sorts. Hey, I don't feel good about this. You should you feel good about this? And I kept saying, consistently. I'll even show Kramer to prove it. Just wait, man. Just chill out. You know who that quarterback is, number 15? It's Patrick Mahomes. This is what he does, is comes back. It's the confidence your teammates have in you. With the leader in the quarterback position like Pat Mahomes. I'm sure Chargers fans knew it. There's a lot of people. Ah, Chiefs, not their day. You gotta see our text line during the game. Oh, I can't believe they're getting schooled by a rookie quarterback. Because that was the deal. Justin Herbert ended up starting. And there'd be kind of a chest injury for Tyrod Taylor. And boom, Chiefs were like, whoa, different style of quarterback. Justin Herbert, the big kid from Oregon, first round pick this year. They were preparing for Tyrod Taylor. Then Last minute switcheroo, Chiefs make adjustments, win the game. The Chargers do play the Chiefs close from time to time. You remember Mexico City? In the ineptus by Phillip Rivers, and the Chiefs get that win. But it's an NFL win. It doesn't matter how you win, it matters if you win. Don't don't look at Baltimore and say, well, look at the way they played now. If they go and play Baltimore like this, they're going to lose. We can't look at it that way. But I want to know, because I'm going to open up phone lines here in a second. Were you nervous? At all, are you past that? Because I thought we were past that. The postseason, I sat here and did the postgame show and saw all the text. When the Chiefs were down 24, then 10, then 10, just down, down, down. Yes, you should have been nervous in Houston. But once that was over, they're down the Titans, you're like, okay, it's Mahomes. The Super Bowl, you're like, eh, it's getting kind of late, Patrick. Is he going to be able to do it? And he does it. Double digits down in this game here. And Pat Mahomes, and I'm not slighting Harrison Butker as well. I mean, you you win and lose by the kicker, but you win and lose by your quarterback putting you in position. And Pat Mahomes had to deal with, you know, Wiley's hold. He threw the ball nicely down to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was getting bottled up in the running game. A nice 25-yard pass, but that came back uh, from the Chiefs by Andrew Wiley. I mean, despite that, Mahomes, he, he doesn't point to the offensive line. He doesn't point out mistakes. He gets the job done. And this team believes in him, and the other team has fear. I'll never forget a conversation I heard a couple years ago between Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. Brett Favre was doing a podcast. It was it was cool to actually hear them, you know, get along and have an interview. And Aaron Rodgers had gotten that territory, like Brett Favre. Okay, at the end of the game, you worry about who that other quarterback is. I've certainly worried about Peyton Manning. I've worried about John Elway. I've worried about Tom Brady. You give that quarterback too much time, and he's going to beat you. He's going to make your week drive Monday morning bad because that quarterback on the other side. But that's what happens. It's fear. And right now, Patrick Mahomes instills fear in the opponent. Did you fear the Chiefs were going to lose? Were you sweating? And you're like, eh, you know what? It doesn't look good, but they got this. I've seen this way too many times. You've read the book. You've seen the movie. Were you worried at all? 913-576-7610 is our Smitty's Garage burgers and beer Text line, it's also our uh, Cable Dome Arena hotline. I want to hear from you, Kansas City. Let's hear from you now.
0: Let's go no huddle. At the 40, foot race 30, see you later. A fade
1: route right side is intercepted, intercepted. Got it,
0: at the 20-yard line. Taking your calls now at 913-576-7610.
3: 913-576-7610, Cable Dome Arena hotline. Let's go to our man Reggie in Anaheim. Reggie, were you sweating it? I don't think you
4: were. Yeah, I, w- I was sweating. At, Come on, man. Morning. I was sitting there with my cousin watching it uh, over here in Piper, and w- the reason why I was sweating it wasn't because of Mahomes. It's just because of the way the whole game was going from the first until about the fourth quarter, bro. Like, I've never seen that, that team that lifeless, lethargic. They just seem like – like, they didn't even really want to be out there, you know. Um, the, 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 the untimely penalties, uh, we could have ended the game uh, on that Hilaire uh, catch down to the 10, but then we had that, that stupid holding penalty right there. And, uh, and I just wasn't sure if they were going to be up to it up until, like, the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. So, yeah, I was sweating it out because I just hadn't seen our guys play that crappy. Uh, since really that Colts game that we lost last year. That, that was the last time I think that they were, like, really just down like that. But kudos to Harrison Bucker. Kudos to Sneed too, man. Sneed held his own today again, man. Second pick. I got, yeah, I think we got a real diamond in the rough out there um, on defense. But, yeah, man, I, I'm just glad that we won. Let's, let's never watch that game again on NFL uh, red zone or game <laughs> pass, and let's just get ready for the Ravens because, as we all know, We cannot play like that going into Baltimore, especially with the injuries that we got to to get healthy with as well. All right, take it off.
3: Thanks, Reggie, and we'll go over the injuries. We saw uh, Frank Clark out because of the illness uh, of the stomach. But you know what you're seeing? Turk Wharton got in the action. Mike Dana, the rookie, Michigan, got some playing time, got a sack in this game. How about Turk Wharton, Missouri S&T? This has Brett Veach. This is a team effort. This goes to the GM Finding players, kicking tires, bringing them in. We'll see if we can get the job done. We've seen seen this from Dayton Moore time and time. Brett Veach, same thing. And I mentioned, back in 2017, September 26, you know, a guy that Veach and Dave Tobe scouted and really liked in college was Harrison Butker. Panthers picking up. The Chiefs had Cairo Santos. you know, the former Lou Groza winner. Okay. Well, he gets hurt. Goes on the IR. They poached, poached Harrison Butker, bring him in here. And I'm telling you, man, kickers, whether you want to say football players or not, they are. They're the difference between you winning and losing. You think the other day when Guskowski was missing them left and right, it finally made the game winner? Yeah, you were nervous. But that's a kickers. That's what they'll do. Let's go to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan?
5: I think I was in 20. Oh, I knew Mahomes was going to make a play. There you go. The same birthday as I'm buried on that third and 20 and along that. And I'll tell you something. Uh, nothing phases Buster. First it was a the holding. Then after you know, time the timeout that when I called, I told the guy, you know, nothing phases him. And, uh, I, I, when I, when this, when it started, I thought it was going to be Tyrod Taylor. I couldn't believe Herbert played like that. But anyway, it was a great team win. Let's take care of the That's let's, let's get started better in the first quarter. Take care of Bink.
3: There you go, Dan and Casey K. Big Chiefs fan, big Royals fan. He wasn't sweating. Were you sweating, Kramer? I didn't see any sweat from you. You were just fine. Cool as a cucumber. You've seen this before. I know it sounds weird. And you're saying ah, you were nervous, Jay. You were nervous. Okay. Get that But you know who he is. You know who Butker is. I don't think there's any other kicker I'd rather have than, than Harrison Butker. There's no other quarterback I'd want at the end of the game than Pat Mahomes. Butker kicked that field goal going in the half. He was good, he said, from 70 yards in warm I mean He could have kicked it even further. And Matt Prater, your 64-yard record, I'm sorry, it's probably going to fall to Harrison Butker. Haven't heard from this man in a while. Let's go to Chester. What's up, Chester?
6: Yes, sir. See, there is a productive sweep. And there is a productive adrenaline and when they see fearless in your eyes then they keep their fear but if you relieve the less after the fear then they turn they gain momentum so it's given to the one that endures to the end and when you stand up and said i'm ready and prepared to endure to the end because the crown still fits I prepare myself to yell. We'll get the games in there where you know I can yell because the crown still fits. The first peat was, let no man take your crown. The second time is to repeat and say the crown still fits. Mm. But you have to go through the tough, you got to go through the fast, the determined, the defiant, but it's always given to the one that it and you need a drilling and a sweat to endure to the end because it doesn't produce the leaks it produces the wins and any way that you can get a win sweat or not as long as you keep the fearless in your mind heart soul and strength and keep the twinkle in your eyes and telling everybody the crown still fits
3: chester It's been a while since I've heard from you, and I'm glad we heard from you. And I'm glad to hear a sermon on fear. I mean, that's the word, fear. As Vern always says, if you're scared, get a dog. Were you sweating with Pat Mahomes? I thought you guys would learn. We saw the playoffs last year. You know this kid's got ice water in his veins. And Ethel Harrison-Butker right there. Again, the Kansas City Chiefs and Harrison-Butker tied a franchise record. And keep in mind, (laughs) <laughs> he had just tied a franchise. He had two 58 yarders in a game. Are you kidding me? He had a 56 yarder all time too, as well. That's six all time with the chiefs. Nick Lowry has a 58, a 58, and a 57, but the rest belong to Harrison Butker. Matter of fact, most field goals 50 yards or more in their career. Harrison Butker has 11. Jan Stenerud, the great Jan Stenerud, 12. Nick Lowry, 20. It's going to be Harrison Butker all over the record books in this. By the way, Travis Kelsey, now the fourth leading receiver all time in yards. He passes the great Henry Marshall. He's now fourth all-time with the Kansas City Chiefs. Andy Reid moves to sixth all-time. Most regular season wins. He's a uh, couple behind. couple behind. Most regular in postseason, he's at 224. Curly Lambeau at 229. So, Andy Reid six all all-time when you had regular season and postseason, but he's close to the great Curly Lambeau. Let's head out to Parkville, a great town, and talk to Andy. What's up,
7: Andy? Hey, Ben. Uh, thanks for taking my call. You know, I think uh, I think Reggie hit it. You know, on the head, like always. Um, you know, I was I was freaking out. I was, but um, stop it, Andy, man. Don't freak out. But um, but you know what? You know what made me uh f- feel good is they as they kept showing Keenan Allen on the TV when <laughs> uh, all the kicking was going on, and he was just he was looking like he was scared, man. He just knew the game was over, and I was like, yep, the game is over. And Bosa,
3: too. Bosa had that look as well. You know, Mahomes was hit see. seven times in this game. Yeah. I mean, They were putting good pressure on the Kansas City Chiefs. They really did. You know, giving up to Gus Bradley in that game plan defensively. You know, they were getting to them. Mah- Again, we've seen so many teams do things. And thanks for the call for the Chiefs. And for a while there, I mean, they, they went on a 10-minute drive. The Chargers did. If you, if you want to beat the Chiefs, someone asked me on the first post game, how do you beat the Chiefs? I said, well, last year, you know, the Colts had it 20 minutes. Or 40 minutes of Chiefs 20, two, two to one time of possession. You know, the Colts or the, the, the Texans, excuse me, the, the Colts had it for like 17 minutes more. And the time of possession was grossly slanted towards the Chargers for a big portion of this game. I mean, the first downs were way slanted towards the uh the Chargers game. They had the ball for 39-27. The Chiefs 28-38. Chiefs maximized their most of their time of possession. But there's the only way you can beat the Chiefs. Key number 15 over on the sideline. I mean, it's just simple as that. So it, that that's one recipe to win. Ground it out. Keep it going. Chiefs gave up a lot of yards in this game. They're not going to be happy with the production there. As the rookie did throw over 300 yards on them, they ended up, Chiefs ended up at 414 yards. Chargers, 479 in this game. Chiefs gave up over 300 yards passing to Justin Herbert. Rushing, they gave up 183 yards. So certainly there are things to talk about and things to get corrected. Yes, Damian Wilson did get hurt. He came back in a concussion. We saw that. Sammy Watkins got hit. Key hold, ear hold right there. Should have been a penalty. Denzel Perryman hit him. You can't hit a player in the ear. It's, you can't hit him in the head. Andy Reid even said so after the game. Hey, man, you know, this is our game. Is not supposed to be hitting people in the head. Well, Chargers did, and they got away with the one there. Let's go to Neil and Lone Jack. What's up, Neil?
8: Hey, evening, man. How's it going, brother? Good. Good, yeah. i um i tell you, I was more annoyed than anything. I, I don't know that I was ever sweating it, to be honest with you. I mean, I got a couple text messages here. Quarter to five, I texted my friend Jason. I said, uh, I'm not worried about this, but this is just annoying. And then uh, late in the game, I don't know if it was actually in overtime or the last drive, but my buddy t- texted me, and he said that was a risky play by Patrick, and it was like a second down. I think it was a play that went across the middle to – I think his intended target was DeMarcus, and he was kind of almost a little bit behind him. They could have intercepted the ball. So my response to him was, Patrick's got it under control. He always does. He almost always does. So was I sweating it? I don't think so. But was I really annoyed? Yes, no doubt. I can't believe this rushing defense... Is back again? What the heck? Why do we have to deal with this in the early in the season every year now? Uh, Mike Pinnell will be back next
3: week, right? Correct? That's huge. You just missed the two games.
8: Yeah, that's going to be huge. Hopefully that uh, is a big help. In yeah, the, uh, keep in
3: mind, I think I think it'll get better, either. too, with Willie Gay. Willie Gay, you've seen him on special teams. matter of fact, he got his fingers on one there for a block, and he got 16 snaps. I haven't seen the snap count today, but he had 16 snaps on special teams in game one. So would like to see some more in that. But yeah, run again, you got to be able to stop the run because you can't stop the run, it means Pat Mahomes and that offense sits. And the offense wouldn't Thanks. sink today. I mean, they they weren't. I mean, they they were missing, they were dropping the football, they were missing key things. There was some things the offense. This was not the Chiefs' best effort, but it was an effort on the road against the division opponent, beating them, which is huge. Because Andy Reid, once again, a mini buyer buy before he plays every AFC West game on the road Mahomes down 13 and 1 against the division just insane
8: every win is a good win no doubt i, I was just i was annoyed today hopefully next week we get Peddle back and obviously if they don't uh, stop the run next week we're going to get destroyed in baltimore but they play big and big games so next week it's going to be big I right, you know then we get that win and then we just roll from there i think but yeah, today was just annoying. It should not have been nearly as hard as it was. Bucker, God bless him. God God darn it, Kiddo, you did a great job. And Patrick, you did it when you needed to do, just always. And I love the play he doesn't I love the way he doesn't, uh, in his presser, he was talking about the offensive line and saying he was mad at himself more than anybody early in the game, missing players. And I did notice that, like, when he, when he scrambled out, you you get so used to him making these incredible, crazy throws to people that you would never expect to actually happen. He wasn't doing that early in the game. It almost felt like he was kind of keeping it in his pocket a little bit and not trying to get too risky, maybe, or something. But he mentioned that in the presser, and I thought, you know, that kid is just so impressive the way he doesn't – he didn't, you know, throw the offensive line on the bus. And boy, were they terrible early in the game. And they were they were horrible throughout most of the game. And and, and yet he – true leader, as always. Incredible. Thank God we got the win.
3: Yeah, and Put Bosa in our got his
8: – Move on to Baltimore.
3: That's right, on the Baltimore. It's Bill Belichick right there on the Baltimore. It was on the Cincinnati when he said, by what you're saying. But, you know, only one sack for the Chargers. It was Bosa getting his first sack – ever on pat mahomes so but they did pressure i mean let's face it he he was pressured uh, eight times in the first half or nine times in the first half hit four times was patrick mahomes so they were getting to patrick early on in that game let's go to connor and lawrence what's up connor
7: Think how you do man i'm a big fan of the show how about them uh chiefs
3: how about those chiefs you know I mean, yeah when you win pretty that's fine when you win and didn't play your best game, you say, okay, there's there's areas and ways to improve. This team didn't have preseason. I get it. They needed the Chargers. You're going to have games where things don't go. Because keep in mind, Anthony Lynn and these guys are in a lab, man. He's seen the Chiefs before. He understands it. What makes them work? What makes them go? Last year, this Chargers team, pretty good defensively. They're pretty good defensively this year, too. They were sixth in the NFL on defense. And They lost Derwin James. Fifth against the pass last year. So they can play defense. I'll give them that. And they had a quarterback, you know, Justin Herbert sixth pick in the draft that was kind of playing out of his mind, made some rookie mistakes there when he went the wrong direction there with Eckler. But, you know, I was impressed with some of the throws he made. That's going to be a guy that we're going to see in the future.
7: Yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, not every game is going to be a blowout or, you know, a, you know, a easy win. It was a, it was a tough fight today, a little bit nerve wracking at some times, but you know, how about Bucker, man? You know, they tried to ice on him, but. He was hot today, you know. It, it they tried calling a timeout past fifty yards. They seemed like it was a twenty-yard field goal for him. I mean, you know, blessed that we got him on our team. And you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes stepping up, rushing for first downs when he needed to. Clyde had a good game, you know, Travis. I mean, I, I think it was, I think it was a good game. You know, there's some stuff we can clean up before Monday, but I'm looking forward to next week at Baltimore.
3: You know what? It's gonna be a huge game, and we're going all night too. Kramer and I'll be here at. Uh... Midnight, midnight to three, then Dustman, Dusty Lichens, three to six straight in the Fesco. And of course, we'll be here Monday night after the game with you. But yeah, it's a big game, it's huge. And we'll talk about ratings of this game. Wow, it's going to be unbelievable. Let's go to Batman in Lawrence. What's up, Batman?
7: What's up, Dingster? Uh, did you keep the gravy warm all during the game? Because you can drink it now, finally. <laughs> drink the gravy. Yes, we got to drink the gravy. But I'm telling you, that the winning streaks intact from last year, and I don't think it's going to end, bro. Eleven in a row. Yeah, and we're ready to take it on into Baltimore and put a, a hurt on them, bro.
3: Let's hope so. Again, I mean, you know, there's we'll break down the game. Of course, we broke down a lot, and obviously, I have respect for what for what the Ravens can do. I clearly do. They ran for 203 yards back here in Kansas City last year. We know they can run the ball. They can throw. They can do a lot of things. Keep in mind. The Ravens are kind of like the Chiefs. They kind of ran it back. You know, they brought back the players and they brought back the coaching staff and everybody's familiar. It's no wonder that the Chiefs and Ravens are the best two teams in the NFL. I don't even think there's a doubt on that. But a lot of that comes with continuity. Coaching staff, players know each other. There's a lot of that, but they've got to get over the comp of the Chiefs. To them, the Chiefs are circled on the calendar. They're Lamar Jackson's 0-2 against Patrick Mahomes. Don't tell me they don't want to win this game. Anyway, good hearing from Batman there. Before we check in with Dusty, let's go real quick to Manhattan to Nathan. What's up, Nathan? Hey, hello? Hello,
6: you're
5: on the air? Hey, hey, Jake. You're the man, first of all. Um anyway, hey, what'd you think about Mitchell Schwartz tonight? Kind of a kind of a rough day. Is Bosa just that good or Schwartz is looking kind of rough out there?
3: Uh, listen, Bosa got him. Yeah, Schwartz got a I thought there's several players that probably like to have this game back. I think Thornhill's one of those guys, miss some tackles. They miss tackles by the Chiefs defense. Yeah, that definitely has to be shored up by next week. Mitch Schwartz usually so consistent, man. I mean, that guy is just the best right tackle in the game, in my opinion. Bosa got him, but you know what? That's going to happen. His first sack against the Chiefs, and Bosa's good. That's why he got that contract extension. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so, yeah. you know, good players do be good players from time to time, and uh, definitely Bosa got the best of Schwartz on that one.
5: Yeah, yeah. that's all I got. It's going to happen. Hey, thanks for the the call.
3: Enjoy the win. Thank you very much uh, for that. Now, it's something new. Well, we we started this. It'll be on Sundays because there's actually games to talk to. Let's go to the NFL desk right here and hear from Dusty Likens.
9: Big Binkley. What's going on, man? What's up, Dustman? Oh, you know, just watching this Sunday night game against the uh, Patriots and Seahawks. It's uh, 14-14. Cam Newton's got a rushing touchdown, so, uh, you know, for those people that got Cam Newton sneakily in this, like, you know, 11th, 12th round, people thought maybe he was done, washed, run amok. They gave Bill Belichick one of the best players in the NFL at quarterback, and Cam Newton's still doing his thing. Also, DK Metcalf with a big touchdown, 60-yard touchdown catch from big Russell Wilson, but let's... Uh, Let's get into your postgame show, man. Like I'm ready for this. You seem juiced up. You got Harrison Butker topics. You got uh, all these fans worried about the Chiefs. They're two and zero, man. Like what's the what's the deal?
3: Well, the story of the day, Dustman, was clearly the injuries around the NFL. That was really I mean, you every time I would refresh it, somebody else is out for the year.
9: Yeah, so uh speaking of injuries, it was uh, probably the craziest day in NFL history. I know that might sound like a bold take. Maybe it's a hot take, but let's get into these major injuries to people that were big-time fantasy players. Or maybe you just, you know, you love watching the NFL and you like to see the big guys produce. But again, Giants running back, Saquon Barkley, torn ACL, done for the year. Uh, Sterling Shepard had a toe injury. Jimmy Garoppolo had an ankle injury. I'm telling you what, we always joke about how the Chiefs always ruin teams. Okay, I can't be that funny with the 49ers because they had probably the worst day in the NFL <laughs> of all time. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, ankle injury. Nick Bosa, knee injury. Solomon Thomas, knee injury. Raheem Moser, knee injury. George Kittle didn't play. That's just the start of it. Um, Broncos quarterback, my guy, the guy that I you know share the same hometown with, Drew Locke, shoulder injury. Colts receiver Paris Campbell, or Paris Campbell, carted off the field with a knee injury. Malik Hooker, Achilles injury. Anthony Barr, linebacker for the Vikings. For those of you that play serious fantasy football that have defensive players, I know that Anthony Barr is somebody on your team. Out, shoulder injury. Mike Boone, concussion, Cam Akers, ribs, Brashad Perriman, ankle, Quincy Wilson, concussion. Right tackle, Kaleeb McGarry for the Falcons, knee injury, Byron Jones growing. Probably, honestly, Jay Brinkley, the worst day in NFL history when it comes to injuries. The U2 song, Sunday, bloody Sunday, fits perfectly for today. But I will tell you this, Mr. Binkley and Mr. Kramer, the Chiefs, they escaped with nothing. So it might have been an ugly game today for the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, big game fantasy. Tyreek Hill, big time fantasy points. And Patrick Mahomes, big time fantasy points. And the most important news is none of them got hurt. The Chiefs escaped today without any injuries. It might have been a nail-biter. You might have been on the edge of your couch. You might have not have sat down for 15 straight minutes in the fourth quarter. But the most important thing is your Kansas City Chiefs, Kansas City, escaped with zero injuries to any impactful players, unlike... What was week two in the NFL
3: today? Great stuff, Dusty, at the uh, NFL update desk. We'll check in with you again. Thank you. Dusty Likens right there. We'll check in with him at the NFL desk. The injuries are the name of the game, just like Dusty was talking about. So many injuries across, including Drew Locke to the Denver Broncos. I consider him the second best quarterback in the division. You might say Derek Carr is. Uh, maybe it's going to be Justin Herbert. We don't know. You know what? Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Chargers, said after the game. He says if Tyrod's 100%, he's our starter. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Go to the rookie. Hey, Tyrod's probably done the right thing. Says says, hey, Justin Herbert, he just Wally pipped. Hey, if I'm coaching the team, that's my starter, Justin Herbert. 913-576-7610 is our Cable Dahmer Arena hotline. Plus, it's our also Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. Coming up next, though, you want to hear it? The play of the game.
0: This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. It's the play of the game. A
1: remarkable acrobatic scramble, and the kick is good!
0: He got it! A 41 yard. Brought to you by Mazarese Jewelry. Mazarese Jewelry, in the business of forever.
1: Butker will try this again. A 58-yard attempt. He's had plenty of leg on the first two attempts. Butker's kick is up. He lines it up. The kick is long enough. It is good! Harrison Butker, money, 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 penalty. Trying to freeze him. He thaws the Chargers with a 23-20 walk-off, 58-yard field goal, tying a Chiefs record, his own record that he tied earlier in the game. At two minutes to go in the overtime, the Chiefs go to 2-0 and continue their dominance over the AFC West.
3: The great Mitch Holtis on the call. You heard it right live on 106.5. The Wolf, that's the play of the game, brought to you by Mazaris. Tell callers to call in at 9.30 a.m. on FESCO in the morning. Name a player involved in the play of the game for a $25 gift card to Topper's Pizza. By the way, I think today is uh, National Pepperoni uh, Pizza Day, by the way. I don't know if you know that. A chance at a monthly grand prize of $500 to Mazarese. But uh, Harrison Butker, September 26, 2017, became a member of the Chiefs, but it's on Twitter as well at six ten sports KC if you want to hear that final call. And speaking of FESCO in the morning, Chief Sideline reporter and also co host of Fesco in the morning, Josh Klingler. Here's our eye on the Chiefs with Kling, who's a uh, sideline for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kling, good evening.
10: Find a way to win, right? They aren't always
5: easy. Chiefs make it look easy sometimes and make the comebacks uh You know, look easy sometimes. That one was not. I mean, that one was scratch and claw and find a way to win. And uh, you just get on the plane and get out. So that's a hard-fought victory Um, under some unique circumstances once again and dealing with a quarterback you had zero time to prepare for Um, and then kind of had to get out of your own way at times on offense today, right? So just find a way to do it. And I've said it once, I've said it 100 times. Man, it's great when you have a kicker. Um, like you see those teams around the league that don't, and that that you know can't win games because of a, of a foot. Boy, it's good to have Harrison Butker. He's about as automatic as it gets.
3: I mean, you watched Cincinnati last week against that Chargers team, and Bullock misses a field goal, and then he grabs the wrong leg at the end. Kind of, we saw Goskowski miss kicks, having the ice water in the veins. Harrison Butker, and the old trick taking the timeout right before icing. Of course, Allegretti had him to where he moved back, but he did get those kicks, and after the game, he's talking about being angrier and angrier every time he has to make one of those kicks, but I don't know about you, Kling, but I had full trust in Harrison Butker. If I'm another team watching my kicker, I maybe get nervous, but I don't get nervous with Harrison Butker.
5: Yeah, his range is really, really good. I mean, he had a lot of meat on all three of those kicks, didn't he? I mean, they'd, they'd have been in. Obviously, you know, he kind of adjusted. I know I mentioned that after game two, he adjusted um, you know to the to the distance because it tends the ball tends to kind of fade on him a little bit but he had plenty of legs for all three of those and yeah he's uh, he's become pretty automatic and you know the uh tough when you when you have a, a your own penalty which pushes you back to having to try another 58 yarder but it's two 58 yarders today match the longest field goals in chiefs history and then and up doing it twice uh in a game and then course, hit the 30-yarder as well, albeit shorter, and seems like a chip shot for him. But that's a that's a kick that sends you to overtime, so that's a big kick too. So, uh, big day for the uh, for the kicker, and um, helps to uh, kind of bail out a, a road victory today. I, I, There's a lot of stuff I was impressed with with the Chargers today. Pink. Uh, they, they showed some some moxie out there today, but I think uh, the second half, which the Chiefs showed a little uh, a little bit on offense as well, to kind of dig themselves out of a out of a hole, was was pretty impressive. And then you only got to lead once, I guess. And that comes in overtime, gets to the win.
3: Well, Justin Herbert was certainly a surprise as we're talking to Josh Klingler, sideline report of the Chiefs. Uh, it surprised everybody. You know, I mean, if you watched Hard Knocks, you got a good glimpse of Justin Herbert, or you watched Oregon football last year, you know who he was, a sixth pick in the draft. But this was Tyrod Taylor. You know, you spend all week talking about Tyrod Taylor. Can the Chiefs yeah. keep him in the pocket and all this? And all of a sudden Justin Herbert's the starter. It's like a spot start in Major League Baseball when the guy that you prepared for all of a sudden not playing, you have to get used to him. Is obviously different styles of quarterbacks.
5: Yeah, it was just so strange because Tyrod Taylor was out there for the pregame warmups. You know, he had a little bit of a rib injury um, last week, and then uh, was warming up and didn't have any any indication. Suddenly they come out and he's uh, you know got got Herbert under center, and, and Taylor's getting looked at on the on the on the bench. And boy, what a weird situation there. And then your Tyrod Taylor. I mean, you remember he opened the door for Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. We never saw him again in Cleveland. Might be the same thing again with uh, Herbert today. Now, they are similar in a lot of ways, though. I mean, their ability to, to, to use their feet and run the football, and there was a lot of stuff to the tight end and to the backs. So, um, you know, I think he, he ran the game plan that, that they probably wanted to run anyway today. So, um, yeah, what a, what a, I, I was really impressed <laughs> with Herbert. Again, long term, you kind of you kind of think, oh, I hope they didn't find their quarterback. I'm always rooting for other teams in the AFC West not to find their guy. Uh, maybe the Chargers found their guy. It was interesting. We talked to the uh, uh, the sideline reporter for the Chargers earlier in the week, Shannon Farron, and I asked her about you know hype about Herbert. She said really there wasn't any because they didn't play preseason games where you had that opportunity you know for the backup quarterback to shine and that that uh, that high draft pick to shine and put the pressure on the coach to who are you going to play and have the guy looking over his shoulder. There wasn't that at all. So. Um, to have him just come in uh, almost in a in a sneak start, I uh, thought pretty impressive play by uh, by uh, Herbert. And they may have a quarterback controversy now in, in L.A.
6: Well, if
3: they had fans, there probably would be. But I, I don't yeah. think they'd have fans there at the game, but they wouldn't have had a lot of fans there anyway, Kling. Um, but let me ask you this, and this is kind of my opening theme, was fear, you know. Did you fear Mahomes? I asked the text line. I've asked the callers. Well, let's be honest, did you, did you have any fear because – I'm over that, Kling. I saw the postseason, and I know Pat Mahomes gets behind double digits. That's his seventh win behind double digits. Was there anything, or were you like, nah, we got this? Did you remain calm the entire game, knowing yeah. the outcome? Well, I've seen this movie before.
5: Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I, I thought that, you know, once they, uh, they, they punted, um, in overtime, I was really, really confident. Uh, I really thought they were going to score a touchdown. The Chiefs were going to score a touchdown the other regulation and not even have to go to overtime. But, um, I think I thought his two, his two, uh, big runs were as, were as big as anything. is his, his conversion runs, especially that, you know, 120 <laughs> run that he makes to keep the drive going. And, um, just, just doing whatever it takes to get something done. And uh, I think that's what makes him stand out. Yeah. He did sing a 54 yard touchdown, but you know, the Chargers have defended him about as well as they have uh, or as anybody has. And he's able to, to burn you as well with his feet, maybe making some timely runs today, which I thought were, were huge. And, yeah, it's a really good second-half comeback when I think things weren't going well your entire day. And to be able to pull off a, a victory like that, Uh, It's going to be huge going forward.
3: Kling, final thing for you, I'll ask you this, because it will be talked about this week with the injury situation. Now, injuries were were prevalent in the NFL today. There's no question about that, and we really didn't see key guys uh, go down. Although we saw Frank Clark with that illness again, the stomach. Uh Of course, he lost 22 pounds last season. We all know that he gutted it out and played against the Patriots and got better. We saw Antonio Hamilton. I mean, Chiefs got really thin in the secondary, especially with Breeland out and Chavreus Ward that didn't play and then we saw Sammy Watkins get hit in the head by Denzel Perryman and Damian Wilson we saw so a few concussions but the most I guess the biggest alert to me would have been Frank Clark with that stomach ailment that's probably the one that stands out to me the most how about you
5: yeah certainly so and then you know I, I don't expect Sammy Watkins to be a lingering thing but you just never know right um, in those types of situations, and so yeah, he took a hard hit on that, and I know Andy Reid discussed that in the post game. Didn't seem too happy with the fact that there wasn't a flag on, on that play. So we'll see how long that lasts. Hopefully, Frank Clark is just a one-game thing, but you know, if it's just something that they just can't pinpoint with him, um, kind of remains to be seen. They've done a nice job overcoming injuries, uh, but as mentioned, you don't want those things to keep piling up, keep piling up. And they've had the, they've had their fair share, certainly in the uh, the first two weeks. Although, look around the NFL, there's definitely been some more devastating and, and longer ones than i expect that the uh, the chiefs have had you know knock on wood thus far so hopefully they're up they're short blips and guys are back out there quick
3: josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the kansas city chiefs chiefs radio network also on with fesco in the morning you'll hear him at 558 in the morning don't forget about the play of the game at 9 30 to give them a call thanks a lot Kling. you bet thanks great job josh Klingler, right there with deny on the Kansas City Chiefs. Cable Dahmer Hotline, 913-576-7610. Let's be honest. Were you nervous or not? Have we gotten past that point? You got I've saw nervousness. You know, I'm on Twitter. I have my own phone. I, I judge by the people that text me or the things I see. Or are you sweating or not? Are you sweating? We're past that, aren't we? With Pat Mahomes. The Chargers, they knew who was number 15. You saw Keenan Allen. You saw Bose, You saw the look on Anthony Lynn's face. Obviously, these guys are wearing a mask, so you can't see a lot of expressions, but they knew the deal. They weren't born yesterday. They know that Pat Mahomes comes back. I mean, Romo and those guys, just going on and on about Pat Mahomes. I mean, just the, the guts, the instincts, picking up first downs, knowing where the markers. He wasn't about to slide. He was going head first. He knows where the chain is. He knows where the marker is. This guy wins. Sky guy scores points. I mean, it goes back to Texas Tech. The defense he has was 128th in scoring defense out of 128 teams, 130 teams now, 128. Pats last year Texas Tech, he had the score. He's got the mentality. Every time he's on the field, he has the score. Threw for over 300 yards a day again. 28 touchdowns, zero interceptions. Knock on wood in the month of September. Got the Baltimore Ravens, Monday Night Football. Next, chance three at Lamar Jackson, where he sits 2-0. As we as we sit nine one three five seven six seven six ten, let's go to the Northland and talk to Luke. Luke, good evening. How's it going, man? It's going good.
11: Yeah, um, I honestly thought that this was like a really good game um, for a few reasons that people would not normally think of. So, for one, I I think that we came out a little bit sleepy because we didn't expect a whole lot. And we came out with a Tyrod Taylor scouting report. And so we didn't really think that we had to win. And then, of course, to his credit, Herbert was a lot better than, um, than we would think. But the thing is is that...
3: It was very good you know, without a game plan against him.
11: Yeah. And also, the thing was is that they hit us in the mouth from, from the get-go. And I would almost venture to say that, you know, like Mahomes hasn't really been put in that situation before. Now he has, you know, like the New England game and things like that. But, you know, like a a situation of having to go from zero to 60 in a situation like that. But but here's the thing,
3: though. When the Chargers went up, I mean, the Texans went up on the Chiefs. And then they come storming right back. And we saw it all through the postseason with the Texans, the Titans, the Niners. Pat Mahomes is used to this. He he has been coming from behind. Now, there's well, a lot yeah. of times he buries teams, but you know he's comes from behind. I mean, it's that's that's the confidence I have in him because he he doesn't let you down, and he will at some point. There's going to be games where he doesn't end up winning, and you know, Wiley and Osimile with those holding calls were very detrimental, but he overcame those.
11: Well, yeah, but the thing was is that that was a game where. Like, the Texans game, everybody's like, oh, okay, we're just, you know, covering the spread, basically. And so they were, they were just like, oh, yeah, it's it's going to be fine. Um, and there's been other games like that. Like, the Raiders game last year, like, it was just like, okay, they're going to come back. I actually won some money on that
6: one. So, um,
11: <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's – uh, but this was one game where I was not – very sure about it because you know of course they got Bosa and they're hitting us in the mouth and they're putting a lot of pressure on us and it wasn't a comfortable game like we've had in the past and so I thought that Mahomes probably saw something that he didn't necessarily see in the past and so I thought that it was good because you know he learned from this game because he's got to get up for everybody not just the Patriots or not just uh, playoff game.
3: Well, it thanks for the call, Luke, but the bottom line is the chargers did win, uh, 29 to 28. We know that And with the new rules, actually with reviewing things like pass interference, they don't do it this year, but they did it last year. They lose by a point at the end of the game, a game they probably should have won at Arrowhead back in 2018 when Pat Mahomes did lose to the chargers, but the chiefs are in their head. Andy Reid, 27-3 and since 2015 against the division. He just doesn't lose divisional games. I mean, he covets these things. And you know what? He had a Thursday night game, then extra time to prepare for the Chargers. Probably did him some good. In home field advantage or not, I mean, say what you want, no fans, whatever you say, you're not going into a territory. And they had to, had they open fans up. I mean, there was 27,000 Chiefs fans last year in that soccer stadium. They found a way. I think the Chargers are kind of nomads. I, I look at that stadium and think Rams. They're kind of written the garage above mom's basement, you know. But the Chiefs are in their heads. I remember last year, John Elway was talking about the Chargers. It's before the Chiefs Super Bowl and everything. Hey, look out for the Chargers. You know, Chargers have been the darling for a while. I remember Mahomes' rookie year. It was nice. First game of the season, going on and beating the Chargers. But uh, you know, you've heard Elway say before, hey, you got to beat the Chargers. Well, Anthony Lynn understands the game. Well, they both do, but he understands. Hey, to be the king, we got to beat the king. We got to beat the Chiefs. Chiefs are in their heads, and now they have to come arrowhead. But the Chiefs, the they, the Chargers, typically, even with Philip Rivers, found a way to lose. And when you can't beat the Chiefs, and they've won four straight divisions, and you have a loss like this, it stings. I'm sure right now the Chargers which are a very talented football team, although they're very injured with pouncing, went out for the year at starting center, even though he didn't play a week ago and Dermot James out. They've got some problems And its confidence that how do we get over these Chiefs? It's what they're saying in Denver as well. I talked to their sideline reporter. They said, what are they saying about the Chiefs? They said, well, we have to deal with Patrick Mahomes for 12 more years. That gets in your head. Andy Reid with Pat Mahomes. Was today pretty? No, it wasn't. It's an ugly game. There's plenty of things to correct. For the Chiefs that win the Super Bowl, they've won 11 straight games. You know, they they were humbled a little bit. Hey, you know, the Chargers, you know, brought it today. And for the most part, they had B-plus-A game. Did the Chiefs play that? No. But they still won the game on the road. I still think going on the road is different because you have different things. You can't stay in the hotel. You can't leave. You got to get on a plane and fly. The other team stays at their home or wherever they're staying at. And it's just different. It takes you out of your routine. Because keep in mind, the Chiefs have a routine of being in Kansas City, you know, through training camp, first game. This is the first time they got on a plane and flew. They didn't have preseason games. They didn't practice in St. Joe this year, so they've been here. So it's the first time, you know, out away from, quote, the comfort zone from the Kansas City Chiefs. Chargers, they went not played Cincinnati last week, late afternoon game, you know, and came out without going to overtime because of a missed kick, Joe Burrow. Put the Bengals in place to 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 send that that game in the overtime and didn't do it. So yeah, but the, but the Chiefs are in their heads. And Anthony Lynn knew, Bosa knew, Keenan Allen knew. They knew. The Chargers knew. Okay, we know about Patrick Mahomes. We know what he does. Did he play the perfect game? Were they out of sync a little bit, the Chiefs? Yeah, I thought I thought Gus Bradley and the Chargers once again had a good game plan against the Chiefs. I mean, heck, they did all the right things. Keep Mahomes on the sideline. You remember see, uh, the Chargers going for that 10-minute drive towards the end there? I mean, the time of possession, they dominated against the Chiefs. And then you look at the last scoring play that they had there in the uh, the field goal by Bagley, that 23-yard field goal. That was a 17-play, 82-yard drive by the Chargers that lasted 10 minutes and 21 seconds. That ultimately put them up 20-17 to before Butker, of course, at the end. Uh, ice water in the veins ties it up with the 30-yard field goal, only to hit his second 58-yarder in overtime to win the game. I'm shocked the Chargers. I saw this with the Chiefs and Dick Vermeil back in the day playing in New England. Like towards the end of the game, you know, not going for it when their best skill was was on offense. You wanted to keep Tom Brady off the field because Tom Brady had that it factor that you have in the homes. You don't want to give Tom Brady a chance to win the game. The Chiefs ultimately lost that game with a very good football team. Under Dick Vermeil, because well, they didn't go for it when their best skill was on offense because they were on a roll. The Chiefs were on a roll at that point, Fourth and one, and the Chargers elected the punt. And I get it. Anthony Lynn wanted to show faith and trust in his defense. Well, we knew what would happen. Even with the hot defense of Petra Mahomes, he's probably going to lose the game. And, well, they did because they gave the ball back to the Chiefs in overtime. Now, if they would have kicked the field goal, the Chiefs would have still got the ball. Because if they would have scored a touchdown, the game would have been over with the NFL overtimes. 913 Not only the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line, but also the uh, Cable Dahmer Arena hotline as well from the 785. I was nervous that we'd lose, but I think we had a different mindset if we lost. A loss in the regular season means nothing when you have the best quarterback in the world. It's also a mindset, it's a mindset to the opponents that no lead is safe. When you, if you're opposing coach, cozy defensive corner, you're thinking, all right, Pat Mahomes has never lost by more than seven points. It means he's been in every game. He's just right there. They can still come back and tie or beat you at the end of the game. Then they saw the postseason, and then they'll watch this game and say, you know, Chiefs didn't play well. Does this mean they're not going to play well in Baltimore? No, the Chiefs will correct things. You think Andy Reid? He, he he's been around this before. This guy's six all time in wins in regular season and postseason. Yeah, he knows there's some things to correct. Nothing always comes easy. Last week, I didn't think they'd play their best game and ended up rolling the Texans. I thought the Texans quit. I thought they played soft at times with what the Chiefs were doing with them. And I saw a little bit of it here. Speaking of Harrison Butker, here's Harrison Butker post game right now in Sounds of the Game. Brought to you by Santa Fe Audio. Audio. Home for uh, Kansas or car audio in Kansas City area since nineteen sixty seven. Here is one Harrison Butker.
2: Oh,
10: um, Harrison, an unreal job at the end there, where you had to have the the three kicks. I I was wondering what was going through your mind as you had to do it three times and then the eventual game winner.
12: I think I just got a little bit more uh, angry every kick. So the first one I thought they called timeout and then I realized it was a false start. But going into the second one, they called timeout again. So in my head, that's two timeouts. And then I think I even looked at the, uh, the Chargers sideline because I was like, come on, man, I'm trying to finish this game and get back to Kansas City. So that third one I felt like was my best kick. And I mean, to have two practice kicks before that is only going to help you. And I'm I'm just really happy that we were able to stay through from the blocked extra point. Um, you know, we have a great field goal unit, James Winchester and Tommy holding the ball, and uh, we were able to put it through, but that's stuff that we do in practice and we were able to transfer it over to the game. Let's go next to Blair Kirkhoff. Go ahead, Blair.
8: Hey, Harrison, did uh, just kicking on this field in a new stadium, um, did that, did you get any pregame knowledge that helped you in the game?
12: Um, not really pre-game knowledge, but during the week I did a little research and read an article that the turf in SoFi Stadium was the same turf used for the Texans and the Cowboys stadiums. And I thought I had good games whenever we kicked there as well. So I wasn't too worried. And then after the first couple of kicks, I was used to the turf. I think it's really nice. It almost feels like you're kicking on grass. I felt really good today and I had a great warm up and then was able to continue that in the game. Let's go next to Sam Mellinger. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Harrison, you just used the term like two practice kicks um, before the third one. Uh, I know you have no choice but to look at it as a positive, but when teams try to ice you like that, I mean, do do you feel more confident the next time you get a swing at it? I think every kicker is different. I definitely felt more confident. The 53-yarder, I didn't like the way it kind of curved to the left. I made an adjustment with Tommy as far as our aiming point. We aimed farther right for the 58-yarder, but a 58-yarder is a longer kick. I swung a little harder, and that one kind of – hugged the left upright and then for that last kick I had the same aiming point and I think I just slowed down my leg sweet leg swing a little bit and hit a better rotating ball and a better ball and I thought it went down pretty much the middle. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead Adam. Hey
9: Harrison. Uh, hey congratulations. Uh, you remember we talked about your maybe increased range uh, when camp started if you remember. Um, do you feel like the things you did in the offseason enabled you to the chiefs, maybe to be confident in you trying these kinds of kicks. And do you feel like you maybe would have made these kicks earlier
12: in your career, even last season? Um, Last season, I don't know if I would have been as consistent from that distance. If you look back to 2017 against the Texans, same turf, like I said, 49 yarder at the end of the game, barely made it over. So I definitely have a stronger leg than I did in 2017 last year. I had a pretty strong leg, but did not have the accuracy this offseason season I was able to make a lot of long kicks. And then going into training camp, I really wanted to show the coaches I could be consistent from that distance. I thought I was in training camp. And then a day like today where you're indoors, basically no wind, I was able to hit from 67 before the game and 70 at halftime. Coach Tobe knew that, and he told Coach Reed that if we get to the 40-yard line, we'll be good. That'd be a 58-yarder, and I can just swing easy. I don't need to change anything. But last year, I don't think I would have made all three of those. Hopefully, I would have made the last one, but I definitely feel stronger and more accurate this season.
9: We've got time for a couple more. Let's go Darren and then Nate. Go ahead, Darren.
12: Darren, you got us?
4: Okay. Can you hear me now? Yep. Okay. Uh, Harrison, congratulations. I know uh, you've tied Nick Lowry twice today uh, on his franchise record. Look, according to what you were saying earlier, uh, what you did in the offseason by, by training, by kicking longer field goals that that allows you to, you know, in essence, strengthen your leg and strengthen, you know, how far you can kick. Uh, you know, if you could have done it from further than 58, how much confidence did they have? And then also talk about the fact that you were able to tie uh, the franchise record today twice.
12: You know, as I said, I made the 70-yarder at halftime. I told Coach Tobe that, so he was feeling confident. So I'd say if it was on the, you know, what, the 52-yard line or the 48-yard line, that'd be a 70-yard field goal. I would have felt good making that kick. You know, I don't know if Coach Reed would have let me, but if it was the the end-of-the-game situation, a long fourth down, I would have felt confident going into that. And then, you know, I didn't know that Nick Lowry had the record for 58 yards. I'm, I'm fortunate to be a part of a great organization. I was able to make 56 yards last year and now 58. I guess I, I got to break the record and beat Nick Lowry, hopefully, hopefully next week, Monday Night Football. Let's
7: go to Nate Taylor to close us out. Go ahead, Nate. Hey,
1: Harrison. Just wanted to ask you, because the Chiefs are so known for scoring touchdowns, um, you obviously wanted to be a part of the offense. I just wonder how much do you think people around the country, around the football industry are understanding your element to the offense where once they get past midfield, you can obviously come into play. And then how much of that was your thought process uh, this offseason to be in addition to the offense in, in that sort of way?
12: You know, I've been accurate throughout my career, 2017, 28, 2019. I think for, for me to take it to the next level, I have to have some longer kicks. You know, in 2018, my long was fifty-four, which is okay, kind of middle of the park. Last year, you know, making a fifty-six yarder was big. But now, as I said, I, I feel comfortable from fifty-eight and beyond. I think that's what I gotta start doing to separate myself from the rest of the kickers in the league is start uh, making longer field goals and I feel confident doing that. And um, obviously, I'm I'm super thankful for Coach Tobe and Coach Reed for trusting me and letting us attempt those long field goals.
3: Harrison Butker,
12: unbelievable ice in the
3: veins, kicked the 56-yarder before two 58-yarders today. The last one ended up in the Pacific Ocean. Wild day today in the National Football
9: League. Let's go to the NFL desk. Here's Dusty Likens. Big Binkley. Hey, I've got it. I don't know if this is like a hot take. Or if maybe I mean, I just listened to an entire interview from from the guy that was the hero of today's game. Beakley, I know that you're a guy of nicknames. You've got Clyde Edwards-Solaris, uh, Louie Hot Sauce, even though he is 100% never going to use that nickname. But I'm okay with you using that nickname because I'll do it because we're boys. But are we okay to say that Harrison Butker is the Patrick Mahomes of field goal kickers in the NFL? <laughs>
3: At this point, you'd have to say that, uh, that not only that, but buttkicker.com needs some advertisements.
9: I'm just saying because I was talking to Kramer off the line, and like the confidence that that young man had in that post presser interview, where he said, Well, I talked to Dave Tote. and I said, Hey, man, put it at 70 and I got it. And the fact that the Chargers tried to call timeouts twice slash penalties. Whatever it was, the most intense game-winning field goal you've probably seen in, well, since Morton Anderson kicked that one with zero time on the clock uh, against uh, Cleveland uh, like 20 years ago. Harrison Butker, the way he walked into that stadium with the loafers with no socks, with the little short pants, with the V-neck jacket vest on, that man knew when he went to L.A. that this game might have a chance to come down to him. And today, not once, not twice, but three times, Jay Binkley, three times, that man pierced it from 50-plus. And to me, it's sick to know that the Chiefs have the best quarterback in the NFL, the best tight end in the NFL, the second best receiver in the NFL, and they've got the best kicker in the NFL. So no matter where you want to go, You could put Mahomes on the 40 with 27 seconds left, two timeouts. All he's got to go is 10 yards. Because I was sitting in my living room watching this with my friends. And I kept seeing the field goal line that Harrison Butker had to get to. The Chiefs were on the 50 with the little lightning bolt, cute little symbol in the middle of the field. And all they had to go was 10 more yards to get in Butker's range. I don't know if people are more relaxed that Mahomes can come back from anything and be whatever he wants to be when it comes to the NFL game because everything just slows down for him. Or if you're more relaxed, and I get it, if you had the over-under on Louis Aguiar or Nick Lowry getting named in the post-game press conference of or post-game show on 610 Sports Radio of three, you smash the over. But the thing that's crazy is that you can have never a doubt that Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, and now you also have a little bit of a... I don't know if it's a mojo or if it's a excitement, but from 55 yards out, you know your kicker can nail it. It's almost like Wade Davis coming in the eighth. You know you're going to get six outs in about seven minutes, two middle fingers, game over.
3: Well said, Dustman. Well said, Dusty Likens. Yeah, Vinko, you there? Oh, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, Vink. Yeah, well but uh wild day for the, for the AFC West. I mean, you know, you got the Chiefs sitting at the top, you got the Broncos without their quarterback, and now the Chargers taking L to the Chiefs, and we have the
9: Raiders on tomorrow night. So already the pressure's uh, starting to be mounting up here. Yeah, I think it's crazy when you think about the Chiefs in the AFC West. I think Pete Sweeney nailed it pretty obviously uh right away when he
3: yeah. We lost Dustman there. We'll check in with him later on at the NFL desk and see some other scores and the injuries. Uh, are you back, Dustman?
9: I got you, big. You got me? Oh, yes, sir. All right. So we go back to the AFC West. I thought it was funny. It was laughable when Pete Sweeney said this team could go 16-0. Well, you watched today's week in the NFL and you saw how many injuries there were. You saw Drew Locke go down with an injury. You saw Tyrod Taylor lead today's game with a chest injury. We don't know what Oakland's going to do tomorrow. We know they played a very sorry Carolina team in week one and barely won. If there was anything that we saw today, it was that the Chiefs on the road can beat a team in their division even when they're not at their best. I think we all had the same assumption early in this game that maybe it looked like Mahomes was a little sluggish. Maybe it looked like the team wasn't clicking by the way Seattle just scores a touchdown against New England in the third quarter with 2 minutes left that puts Seattle up 29 I'm sorry 27 to 17 against New England with 2 minutes left in the third quarter Russell Wilson absolutely cooking but when it comes to the AFC West with the Chiefs the Broncos the Raiders and the Chargers I think today's game was a little bit of an anomaly because I think the Chiefs had planned to play Tyrod Taylor Obviously, that didn't happen. The rookie came in, and he looked somewhat decent. I think with Drew Locke, we have to see what happens with that shoulder injury. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Obviously, Jerry Judy got shook up today. And again, the Raiders played the Saints on Monday Night Football. The Raiders, obviously, a a five-and-a-half-point underdog. I'm interested to see if they can cover that, by the way. Not to say that I have money on it. But I think it's clearly evident that the Chiefs are the best team in this division. They played one of the better teams. They're supposedly one of the better teams in the AFC, and the Houston Texans beat them by 12, beat them by 14. They struggled on the road today against Sandy or against Los Angeles, but somehow still came back and won. Had a great performance towards the end of the game. Pat Mahomes kind of clicked. Tyreek Hill kind of came back into the game. They didn't even really utilize Travis Kelsey that much, even though if you look at the stat line, he had an interesting game. He had a pretty damn good fantasy game. But when you look at this team in this division. They beat the Chargers on the road. Now they get to play the Chargers at home. Probably 2-0 and against the Chargers. We don't know what Drew Locke's injury is, but you would assume it's a shoulder injury. It could be season-long. could be a nagging injury. You'd think that you could probably go 2-0 and against the Broncos. It's 4-0 in your division. So even if you only go 1-1 and against Oakland, which is a sad excuse, this team against this division, I'm being honest with you. I think this is fair. I think if they can beat New England and Baltimore next week, the AFC's over, and the number one sees the Chiefs, and they can coast all the way to week 17 in such a strange season.
3: Well, great stuff, Dusty Likens. We'll check back in with you, my friend. Let's uh, see what's going on in this Sunday night football game. We'll check back with you in a little bit with the NFL desk with Dusty Likens. Of course, the Patriots getting to put on them now by the Seahawks. They actually, started this game with the lead. Devin McCourty, a pick six against the Seahawks right away in this, as really the Seahawks make it a statement for one of the better teams. In the NFC, we'll take a timeout. We come back. We'll look at the Kansas City Chiefs' injuries. And we'll talk to the plaid prince himself, the editor in chief of ArrowheadPride.com, right here on the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Pete Sweeney, next.
0: This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino.
3: And welcome back to the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. The postgame injury updates for the Kansas City Chiefs. Antonio Hamilton had a growing injury. Darrell Williams, an ankle. Frank Clark, the stomach issues again, the stomach ailments. Sick, had to leave. Sammy Watkins, of course, got hit, um, hit to the head. Should have been a penalty on Perryman. Uh, Damian Wilson, uh, past concussion protocol. Anthony Hitchens with the stinger. But as far as big-time injuries, the Chiefs able to escape, unlike a majority of the National Football League. It's, uh, it was kind of rough today in the NFL, as we heard from Dusty Likens earlier, about all the injuries that happened. Time to be joined by Editor-in-Chief, ArrowheadPride.com. Of course, it's the Arrowhead Pride postgame show, Pete Sweeney. Good evening, Pete.
8: How's it going, Jay?
3: It's going. And this was clearly... Not a a perfect game in any stretch of the imagination. If you're the Chargers, I think you feel good about this, having Justin Herbert thrown into the mix. But you know what? It's the National Football League. You're going to get games like this. What separates good and great teams are those that can win these games.
8: Yeah, it,
10: I mean this, this was a great Kansas City Chiefs, and what does stand out is you're right. I mean, there were so many things where you could say. They were not up to snuff, but at the end of the day, what happened? Patrick Mahomes somehow, toward the end of the game, the Chiefs were close enough to be there, and he was able to, to will the victory for them. And as I've said, the greatest quarterback in the National Football League by far also has this kicker who is wildly talented as getting absolutely the Chiefs they can just get close enough will at least getting three each and every time you would think uh, most times I, I just think the fact that he hit from fifty three and then fifty eight and then fifty eight just three times in a row with the game on the line in every situation at the end there. And right? it was three for three and, and it's just incredible to see. I, I think there's a lot of kickers in the National Football League who wouldn't make one of those kicks, let alone three in a row.
8: Yeah,
3: no question about it. And you think about this, this, this team, you think about Eddie Reid being six all-time wins in the regular season, postseason. You think about Eric Bien, I mean, it's going to be head coach in this league. I, I do believe Mike Kafka, the quarterback coach and uh, co-offensive uh, mind there, will be a head coach in the National Football League. And We know how good this defensive staff, again, all the coaches, come back for the Kansas City Chiefs. Travis Kelsey, the best tight end in the game. You add another weapon to already a scary team, And again, you put the combination of Pat Mahomes and the way he can come back, seventh comeback win down double digits with one of the most clutch kickers we've seen in some time. It didn't make me sweat at all, Pete. I've seen this before. I don't know where you were at uh, with games. I asked Kling this question. I've definitely got the text messages. We've seen them on on my own phone, the text line. Were you sweating at all, or did you know what the outcome would be?
10: It's interesting. I, I think there were certainly points in this game where you were finally starting to say, all right, this this might be the one where, where they end up losing one, because now they've won what is what equates to 11 games in a row. And I, I especially thought on, on the third and 20, where it didn't seem like anything was open up, and that none of the receivers were, were open, and it seemed like on the drive the Chiefs were sort of forcing the football, and then... Mahomes has took it himself. kind of reminded me of the Tennessee Titans AFC title run, and I guess during that period I was a little uncertain if the Chiefs were going to be able to do it. Um, that is not easy because you always have to convert the, the two-point conversion. I, I think the Chiefs were fortunate that Tyree Kill wasn't called for the helmet thing. I, I know he said after the game uh, – on purpose. Regardless, sometimes the referee will still throw the flag there, and, and that would have set the Chiefs up what 17 yards back if they wanted to go for two. It would have been incredibly difficult to to get into the end zone there. So a couple things toward the end of this game, I think broke the Chiefs' way. I don't know, and I understand that they were in the Chiefs' territory. I don't know why uh, necessarily Anthony Lynn decided not to go for it in overtime. Mm-hmm. It, it was a it was a weird decision, I thought, kind of. It seemed like the tie because of, of the shortened overtime that you see this year. And yeah, a couple of things broke the Chiefs' way, and they end up having Patrick Mahomes, so you can mask a lot of these deficiencies that you saw. And don't forget, that the Chiefs were pretty banged up coming into this game, and they suffered some injuries during it.
3: Yeah, the secondary is definitely something to be you know, no ward. You got Breland out uh, for four games. Jerry Sneed did get his second uh, pick of the year for the Kansas City Chiefs, really showing his wear. Um, Antonio Hamilton with the growing injury from this team as well. What kind of sticks out to you, Pete, uh, mostly for the Chiefs on the negative side? Because I look one penalty, five yards, game one, uh, 11 penalties, 90 yards in this game. And I do feel, you know, in clutch situations, you know, they were setting Mahomes back with Wiley's hold. Uh, that negated that uh, great throw down the field to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And uh, and we saw the hold with uh, KO, Kissimmee Alecci. We saw Nick Allegretti with the false start that moved the kickback. We saw Tyree Kill take the helmet off. And wasn't flagged, but to me, it was the little things that I think that they can clean up pretty easily, but there was a few things in the game when I think back of it, maybe the sloppy play at times.
10: Yeah, pretty sloppy play. I I think the tackles have have struggled a little bit early, and that certainly concerns you because the AFC West is one of these divisions with better edge players, and I know that you look at Von Miller, and he's out for the season, but it's still a pretty solid group of, of individuals when you talk about the edge, so I, I feel like the Chiefs need to clean that up. They need to tackle better. It seems like the, the poor Rush defense has, has reared its ugly head, so if you get into a game with the Chargers like this. I mean, if they were able to get into the end zone and not have to set up for a field goal, we're having maybe an entirely different conversation here today. So I think that is a, a concern. I know that people have been calling for Willie Gay. You got a couple of glimpses of him in this game. and it, They just need to get healthy, too. I, I really think, especially in the secondary, we talked to Sam Madison leading into this game. One of the things he was honest about is, like, a guy like Bo P. Keys, although they really feel good about his raw talent, he's just not ready to be in the game. And they got to a point where they were down at one point, to what was it, a three linebackers and three cornerbacks? I know that Hitchens and Wilson were able to come back, but the depth is really being tested, and they're asking a lot. And when the offense isn't rolling as you thought it might, it's a lot tougher to ask uh, those younger defenses players to to keep the Chargers what would be under 23 points. They were able to do it today, but the other, I think, talented teams in this league that might be able to take advantage of it with better offenses, more positive offenses. That was really interesting after the game that head coach Anthony Lynn said that Tyrod Taylor would go right back. Uh, To me, I don't know how how you could go away from Justin Herbert at, at this point. I mean, If you watched any of that game week, if you haven't, between the Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals, I mean, it was a world of difference, and it feels like Herbert is a quarterback that the Chargers would be able to rally behind, and and it seemed like even the defense got a little bit of energy, and uh, Jay, I mean, Bosa, by the way, this is a, a very, very player, I didn't think the Chargers were necessarily a playoff team, I don't think they're a playoff team if they go back to Tyrod Taylor, but, If they keep Herbert in there, I mean, it could be interesting. I don't know if they'll make it, but it could be interesting for them teetering around
3: 500 by the end of the year. I'm 100% with you on Justin Herbert. I I do believe this is a Wally Pipp moment for Tyrod Taylor. These things continue to happen to him. To be honest with you, just trying to rationalize it, I think it's tough for Anthony Lynn because going to Herbert, even though I do think he gives you a better chance to win, it also signifies with all the veteran players they have, they're going to rebuild. If they go Herbert, it's kind of admitting, hey, we're rebuilding. I, when you have a veteran quarterback like Tyrod Taylor, I think that is the biggest issue with that.
10: Yeah, and I, I think the Chiefs have kind of set a really good goal for the rest of the league
3: in, in showing
10: what a year to kind of buff it can do. I just, I mean, the unfortunate thing is now you know what Herbert can do, and frankly, it's better than what Taylor – offers and I really, really like Anthony Lynn. I think whenever these guys are on hard knocks, you tend to like him even more, because you get to see behind the curtain a little bit. Really like Anthony Lynn, but to me, this would be such a mistake, and this is a year where you have to get to the postseason to, I think, make sure that you're still the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers in the future. So, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a thing where he's saying that Taylor is the starter now, and maybe they review the tape and and they shift things. But it just felt like if you're a Los Angeles Chargers fan, a breath of fresh air for this offense. It, it seemed like there was much more of a connection with a guy like Keenan Allen. Eckler, Eckler was clicking a little bit more this week than last week. I wonder what they end up doing here.
6: Well,
3: and the fact is, I know Herbert looked good, but again, there was no game plan. You know, I'm sure they you know talked about it, what he could do. They knew the, the abilities. Of Justin Herbert, but they didn't play it on him. I think it caught us all by surprise. But the Chiefs are a professional team. These are the things that do happen when you have those issues. But I do feel like if there's any way to kind of slow down this Chiefs offense, I'm still a firm believer, as you know, Pete, in time of possession. And I thought the Chargers were doing a nice job with it, especially that 10 minute drive where it culminated in a field goal and they went up 20 to 17. You keep Mahomes on the sideline, that's the way you win. But I felt the defensive line was extremely aggressive. It's not going to show up in the sack numbers, but Tillery was amazing. He's a big dude from Notre Dame, second year in the league. He did get his hand um, on one earlier on that extra point when he blocked it. But I felt that the pressure hitting Mahomes, especially the nine hurries, the four knockdowns in the first half, extremely aggressive defensive line, which the Chargers, that's a good defense under Gus Bradley. I, I don't know if we learned anything. How do you slow the team down? We I've always said time of possession, running the football, slows the Chiefs down. But also, we saw what an aggressive defensive line uh, can do because I think they had their way with the Chiefs in the first half yeah. with the offensive. Well, obviously, they weren't able to run block very successfully, but they did leave Mahomes open for a few hits.
10: Yeah, and it, it was. I just think you, you're correct, and and the 10-minute drive toward the end of the game where the Chargers only end up with the field goal, that was a, a maddening drive to watch. I mean, I, like that, I, that, to me, was the, the run defense rearing its ugly head once again where you feel a little bit better about that, I think, with Mike Pinnell coming back into the lineup. but you got to know this. Like If the Chiefs give this effort next week, there's no way in hell they win the game. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are just the other powerhouse in the AFC. They have a lot to clean up in a, in a little amount of time, and I think it starts with the run defense. And And I think you go from there, yeah, the way to beat the Chiefs is to run the football when you have a lead, if you're able to get that. The Chargers kind of blew their lead, so it didn't really work out for them. But they came very close to figuring out a way to, to pull this out. I, I think you're seeing a lot of teams play – covers back, cover three, playing a little bit further back off Mahomes, making sure that some of the talented receivers are doubled, and if you have some really talented edge rushers that and that it, you know are getting in the face of Mitch Schwartz where he's struggling, getting in the face of Eric Fisher where he's struggling a little bit, and getting to Mahomes. I mean, it was tough to watch. I think as the Kansas City Chiefs fans, especially at the beginning of this game, where Mahomes was just eating it and he was in the on the ground time and time and time again. There's a recipe here if Chiefs don't clean it up or they're going to lose the football game. I know there's a lot of people who are dreaming about the 19-0 season, but if they don't clean up these mistakes, they're, they're going to be in trouble next week away at Baltimore against the Ravens.
3: Let's look at that game real quick. I, I do feel it is the biggest game of the year. I felt that way before the season. I think the Chiefs and the Ravens are the two best teams in the National Football League, and they square off. I do believe this is the biggest game for the Kansas City Chiefs and more for the Baltimore Ravens, the Chiefs, because they haven't beat the Chiefs yet with Lamar Jackson. But clearly, this is the marquee game we've been waiting for next week in Baltimore.
10: Yeah, it's it's really, I think that, a statement game on on both sides in a sense where, you know, the Ravens are finally able to do it. Lamar Jackson can finally say that he's beaten Patrick Mahomes. Lamar Jackson has beaten a lot of quarterbacks in this league. He just has not been able to beat Patrick. So you know that this is on the mind both of Lamar and of Ravens fans, and they're going to be gunning. I mean, that's that's the blessing. and, And the problem with being the Super Bowl champion is you will get, target on your back each and every week, and I think you've already seen that in these last two games. I mean, the Chargers, I just talked about it, where they're in a, a, a back-and-forth game with the Cincinnati Bengals, and they get the Super Bowl chance because they're they're given their absolute maximum effort to get this thing done. I mean, I, you could see the desire that was there. Same thing for the Ravens, and I think it's a big game for the Chiefs, especially coming off of this one where there were a lot of mistakes. There's easy things to highlight where players are going to have to clean up. And you're going to have to play it a much more perfect game, I think, to beat the Baltimore Ravens because those are the those are the guys, that's the team that, that's knocking on the on the door here, and if you're able to beat the Ravens at their place, it's hard for me to believe that there's anyone else, at least in the AFC, that gives you any pause. I mean we're watching the New England Patriots right now. They're they're losing uh, to Seattle. Who knows how this game plays out and maybe they can get back in the mix if Cam proves to be something here. I think we have the wait a couple more games, but the Chiefs are able to beat the Ravens. I mean, they are, they are. I think, their flag as the AFC runs through Kansas City uh, once again. And this game, you're right, Jay. It's critical in the sense, too, but there's only one bye week. And that, in the sense, is an advantage. There's only one team that's going to get a week off when you need it at the end of the year to get healthy.
3: Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, your one-stop shop. For Chiefs information here, Pete, throughout the week on 610 Sports Radio and, of course, each and every Arrowhead Pride postgame show brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Thanks, Pete.
10: All right. Smell you later, Jay.
3: Man, would you stop doing that, Pete? Well, it's time to look back at what happened in this game through the voice of the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holtis.
0: It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Floating a pass, Kelsey, near over the shoulder. Faking a
1: handoff, throwing long, coming near side, Tyreek Hill! Burning the Broncos! A 41 yard corner pattern to the near side! Slant dinner intercepted at the 40 35, coming to the near side! It's one Fort Hill. 10 5!
0: A highlight filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City!
3: Touchdown, Kansas City, the voice of Mitch Holtis, brought to you by Olathe Ford Lincoln. It was the Chargers, like the Texans, getting off to an early 7-0 lead in the first quarter. First
1: down and goal to go at the Kansas City 4-yard line. No score, 11.28 to go, first quarter. Herbert can run, flooding the right side. He will attack the right pylon and score. The rookie, Justin Herbert, and a flag is thrown on the play, possibly back to the line of scrimmage, as they were flooding the right side on a run-pass option for the Oregon rookie. Drive by the Chargers on the opening drive of the game with a surprise start from the rookie Justin Herbert and the Chargers now will try the extra point with 11:23 to go for his
8: quarter. Chargers offense came out with a plan to move Justin Herbert outside the pocket, a couple of bootleg passes. When we showed pressure in his face, they opted to go with the quick route down the sidelines to Eckler Getting the ball quickly out of his hands when he's in the pocket.
1: And the point after good by Michael Badgley, and the Chargers jump on top 7 to nothing behind rookie quarterback Justin Herbert. The first quarter action is brought
3: to you by GE. And that was an eight-play, 79-yard drive, taking 337 on the clock, but then it was the Kansas City Chiefs coming right back. Edwards Hilaire, halfback to the right of Mahomes.
1: Kelsey trots in motion here. Left to right. Mahomes takes the snap. Corner pattern, right side. Kelsey wide open. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chargers fooled. Rayshon Jenkins, the safety, was about five
3: yards away, and the Chiefs cash in to get their first score of the game. Tillery would block the extra point, so it's just a 7-6 game at that point. The Chargers still had that, that one-point lead, but then... The Chargers came storming right back.
1: Chargers at the 14-yard line. Goal to go after a holding call on Tevi, Retreating into the pocket. Herbert pressured as he throws. He's got a man wide open. Touchdown, Chargers. The catch made by Jalen Guyton. His first NFL touchdown on a corner pattern. Burning Rashad Fenton on third and goal from the
3: 14. It was Jalen Guyton, 14-yard pass from Justin Herbert. 11 play, 71 yards on that drive. Then, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs would would surrender another lead. This would be a double-digit lead for the Chargers as they would kick a field goal to go up 17-6.
1: Badgley 3-4 last week against Cincinnati. 41-yarder from the right hash, and he gets plenty of leg and a kick, and the kick is good, and the Chargers have a two-possession advantage.
3: That's when the Chargers did have that two-possession advantage is the Chargers on that drive. 12 plays, 57 yards, took 4 minutes and 50 seconds on the clock. Again, the long drives for the Chargers. But then, right before half,
1: and you're in this no-man's land, but you're going to try a field goal here. This will be put down. This will be a 58-yard attempt by Harrison Butker. And the kick is lined up, and the kick is good. He got it from 58 yards. And if I'm not mistaken, that might tie the longest field goal in chief's history by nick lowry but the chiefs get three points out of the drive somehow 58-yard field goal at 311 to go in the third quarter
3: the first of two 58-yard field goals for harrison butker that tied nick lowry for a franchise long but as the score was 17-9 a big defensive play by the rookie Legeria Sneed, his second pick to really turn things around and give the chiefs back the ball when it was 17-9
1: herbert being rushed naughty maybe got held he's going to throw it long across his body he makes a mistake it's intercepted intercepted by Lajarius sneed i feel the need i feel the need for sneed who comes up with a gigantic <laughs> play as herbert finally makes a mistake in his debut throwing across his body
3: sneed has two picks in his first two nfl games so the chargers lead at 17 to 9 at that point but then Eight plays, 95 yards later. A drive that took just two minutes and 31 seconds off the clock. It was Mahomes deep to Tyreek Hill.
1: Mahomes is stationed on the left hash. Right foot in front of the left. Darwin Thompson, the running back with him. He fakes to him and now sprints to the right. He is throwing long down the field. He wants Tyreek Hill. Makes the catch and rolls into the end zone. On the right side. Touchdown kansas city and the chiefs hit the chargers with the 54
3: yard bomb to the cheetah all right the game closing up there at 17 to 15 chiefs go for two 17 15 chargers chiefs
1: go for two at 12 48 to go in the game they flood it they throw it late it is caught by hardman in the wash in the middle of the washing machine mccall hardman takes the towel out and puts it in the dryer and the Chiefs have tied the game
3: at 12:48 to go tied at 17 tied at 17 but then the Chargers I think their most impressive drive of the game even though it only culminated in a Badgley field goal but 17 plays 82 yards the Chargers take the lead once again at 240
1: left to go in the game 17 17 tied 23 yard attempt for Badgley to take the lead good snap placement and an easy kick in Badgley and the Chargers have the lead 227 to go in the game Chargers
3: 20 Kansas City 17 okay at this point Chiefs need something needs some Mahomes magic 20 to 17 Chargers it took some creative plays by Patrick Mahomes to pick up first downs, running the ball.
1: Mahomes got to be thinking at least now, try to get in field goal range to tie it, 54 seconds. Late safety blitz. Mahomes steps up into the pocket. He'll scramble. He's at the 40, first down 30. He's at the 25. Mahomes is hit and goes down to the 24 of the Chargers. on the calls timeout quickly. Chiefs still have two left at 44 seconds to go in the game. It is a scramble of 21 yards by Mahomes on third and 20.
3: Clutch time in the game. That was a 12 play, 63-yard drive, culminating with the Harrison Butker 30-yard field goal to send this bad boy to overtime.
1: This is a 30-yard field goal attempt. Butker tried to tie the game, and he does so. Nails it on the final play of regulation. A 30-yard field goal. The Chiefs have a drive where they overcome two holding penalties to at least tie the game at 20 apiece. And then we all
3: know what happens. Harrison Butker lined up for 53-yarder, made it. Nick Allegretti false start, move it back five yards. Did the timeout ice the kicker? It's at 58. Can he have back-to-back 58-yard field goals in a game? Two—not back-to-back, but two 58-yard field goals in a game. This won it for the Chiefs.
1: Butker will try this again. A 58-yard attempt. He's had plenty of leg on the first two attempts. Butker's kick is up. He lines it up. The kick is long enough. It is good! Harrison Butker, money, 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 penalty. Trying to freeze him. He thaws the Chargers with a 23-20 walk-off 58-yard field goal. Tying a Chiefs record, his own record that he tied earlier in the game. At two minutes to go in the overtime, the Chiefs go to 2-0 and continue their dominance over the AFC West.
3: And yes, they do. And Pat Mahomes goes to 9-0 in the month of September, 13-1 in the division. Andy Reid, sixth all-time. We'll take a timeout. And coming up next, we'll look at your phone calls as well, 913-576-7610, the Cable Arena Hotline.
0: Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by 7th Street Casino.
3: And welcome back. I'm Jay Binkley along with producer Kramer so. Don't forget, Derek Johnson tomorrow. You heard the advertisement there, 7.30 in the morning on Fesco in the morning. Fesco and Josh Klingman, the sideline reporter of the Chiefs, 8.30. Damon Hughes, the color commentator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Bill Moss on with Cody and Gold at 11 o'clock. And, of course, here, Andy Reid's press conference on cody and gold as well around noon and they don't forget patrick mahomes exclusively with the drive 215 carrington harrison and sean levine now it's time though to go back to the nfl desk with dusty likens
9: dusty binkley what's going on man he's are you still juiced up you're still able to do this all night
3: you know, I am. You know, a few energy drinks, and of course, next Sunday, I'll be going till 3 a.m., and you'll be going 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., so right. uh, I'm sure you'll be diving into the Bangs as well. By the way, I've cleared the cooler out here at the uh, here at Intercom of Bangs. So,
9: Am I going to get in trouble if I'm on from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., and I have, like, I don't know, a six-pack of Miller High Life? Am I going to get in trouble for that, or is that something I just probably shouldn't have just said now on air?
3: No, I probably just, uh, I don't know. I don't know the rules, uh, Dustman, at that point, but, uh, you know. I I mean, the FCC can't
9: be cracking down at 4 a.m. No,
3: No. it's dumped. But we'll talk Chiefs and we'll talk Baltimore Ravens. Hmm.
9: Yeah, so what concerns you the most about the Ravens matchup next week? Because I feel like now, Binkley, I think you can be fair with this assumption, we're done with week two. Week two was probably the most disgusting NFL week that we've ever seen. I just tweeted it. The Chiefs might have barely won. You might have been nervous. You might not have any fingernails left. You might be like Kramer and, you know, you might have a lot of curls that you pulled down over your forehead and you might have, you know, fizzled with your glasses a little bit, but you escaped with zero injuries. And Binkley, I don't know if I did this earlier. Of course I did because I'm smart and I do this for you. But there was a ton of injuries today in the NFL. So for you that play fantasy football and you're all about winning your league and, Maybe it's for pride, or maybe it's for $100, or maybe you're like me, and you're just really damn good, and you've won it two years in a row. That's not a humble brag. It's just confidence. But today, you saw in fantasy football and in the NFL, probably the worst Sunday ever. I cued to it earlier as the U2 song is Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Christian McCaffrey, the number one overall pick in everybody's fantasy league, ankle injury taped up, didn't return after he went off the field. Saquon Barkley, probably the number two pick in most people's fantasy league, out. ACL, done for the year. Let's just burn down the list real quick, Binkley. I know this kills you because you're a football guy and you hate to see it. By the way, Seattle's beating New England right now, 35-23 with four minutes and 20 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Cam Newton just scrambled for a first down, but New England's struggling with Seattle. Back to the injury report. Sterling Shepard left the game with a toe injury. Jimmy Garoppolo left with an ankle injury. Remember, George Kittle didn't play. Nick Bosa left with a knee injury on a cart. Solomon Thomas out knee. Raheem Mostert out with a knee. Drew Locke, our guy from Lee Summit, uh, Binkley. We've always been to all the restaurants that his dad owns, the Animal Style Burger. Drew Locke out with a shoulder injury. We don't know his return time. Paris Campbell for the Colts, left on a cart. Lots of teammates concerned. You don't like to see that. Uh, Malik Hooker, Achilles injury. Anthony Barr, linebacker out of Minnesota, shoulder injury. Mike Boone, running back, concussion. Cam Akers, ribs. Rashad Perriman, ankle. Quincy Wilson, concussion. Khalid McGarry, knee. And Byron Jones, a growing binkley. It was probably the worst NFL Sunday due to injuries. Honestly, man, that you and I both can agree that we've ever seen.
3: Yeah. I mean, every time i hit refresh, there was injuries <laughs> across the national football league I had my fingers crossed for this chiefs game. You know, let's get out of here unscathed. I am a little bit concerned with, with Frank Clark having that, you know, the stomach issue. Once again, a few concussionary things. So Sammy Watkins will have to find out because you know, the NFL concussion protocol, right. it could keep you out the next week, but with the chiefs depth, that's not exactly what I'm concerned about. What I am concerned about is Lamar Jackson running the football. You would ask me what what concerns me, and I think it's the way they run the football. Lamar Jackson, a nice, cool 54 yards rushing, 204 yards passing. But the Chiefs, Dustman, so efficient with basically splitting down the middle, 34 uh, runs, 32 passes last week, lopsided the other way with the Chiefs coming back, 47 pass attempts and 22 rush attempts. You know that Baltimore is going to be ground and pound with Lamar Jackson.
9: Yeah, I think it's interesting because JK. Dobbins, a guy that Steven Serna and I are both very high on with this season as you can hear our podcast every week every Wednesday, forced to Punt podcast with me and Steve. For those of you that aren't familiar with the nickname Steve, it's Steven Serna. By the way, he hosts 10 to two with Cody and Gold. Binkley fills in sometimes on that show, but I'm with you, Binkley. I'm very concerned on Monday night and a week from tomorrow how these linebackers do adjust to Lamar Jackson and maybe a J.K. Dobbins. And Mark Andrews does concern me. I thought the way the Chiefs played today's game on the road, they were dealt with an anomaly with the uh, fill-in quarterback. And I think it's funny that Anthony Lynn said, we'll evaluate Tyrod Taylor. We'll see where he's at. And he's still the starter. That's a lie. Okay. Um, (laughs) Tyrod Taylor is no longer the starter in Los Angeles. Derek Carr is the starter in uh, Oakland, or I'm sorry, Las Vegas, and Jeff Driscoll is the starter in Denver. So I have to tell you this, Binkley, when it comes to those quarterbacks and you compare them to Patrick Mahomes, you have to think, no matter how today's game was, one, the biggest plus side I think that you can obviously state is that the Chiefs escaped with zero injuries. On the worst NFL Sunday in the history of the NFL, the Chiefs other than Frank Clark that you mentioned, is a little sketchy. The Chiefs got out of there unscathed. They're okay. They're fine. There's nobody that's significantly hurt. But you have to think about this. The rest of the season, the Chiefs are facing, as of right now, Derek Carr, a rookie, and Jeff Driscoll. You've got to think the Chiefs can go 6-0 in the AFC West moving forward. You would think so. Andy Reid absolutely owns this division. Does, man. What do you think of Andy Reid's uh, hockey shield today?
3: You know what it seemed to work. You know what we didn't mention that, but the, you know the fogged up last week, and you know that New Hampshire company sent him that, and of course getting advice from hockey players. You know I was thinking the old scuba gear. You know I always, you know, every time you scuba dive, you put you put some on it, that gel, but uh, you know it was a little bit hazy last week in Kansas City, a little bit foggy. There's obviously climate controlled there. But they, yeah. it was open-air Stadium on the side there, so they can get the Pacific Ocean breeze in Los Angeles. But that shield was on point.
9: And just to give everybody a little bit of an update of tonight's game, Julian Edelman just cut a football down to the one-yard line, came off the field with a little bit of an injury. It was a low-compact play, but New England has the ball on the one 35-23 with two minutes and 20 seconds left in the Sunday night game. Cam Newton rushing the ball. It is now, of course, a touchdown it looks like it will be 35 to maybe 31 or 30, depending what Belichick does. But to give you a fantasy update from the sports desk with myself, Dusty Likens, a.k.a. the Dirty Werewolf, with Jay Binkley, who is non-biologically my stepdad. Travis Kelsey today, 24 points. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 27.4 points. Tyreek Hill, also a very good game today. Tyreek Hill had 21.8 points according to Full Point PPR Fantasy, so Binkley... It seems weird, man. The Chiefs win. They don't win in comfortable fashion. They don't win in a style that is classic, cliche Chiefs win. But it seems that their stars still came out and performed today, which is something that maybe we take lightly, maybe we think is second nature. But again, a cool, complex win for the Chiefs today, even though it seemed nervous at the start. Dustman, get you back to this
3: Sunday night football game. You mentioned it, thirty-five to thirty. Now the extra point, good from the Patriots. Two sixteen left in this game, but the Patriots have three timeouts. So stand by, Dustman. We'll go back, you to it, you and find out who's going to win this game. What kind of a hey, drama? I got the Miller
9: highlight ready to go. We we'll did All Let's right, get, get it right. going.
3: All right, there you go, Dustman. Right there. And of course, when we come back. We'll hear from Tyree Kill, who did. I put a question up on Twitter. The Chiefs through six games last year, had six different leading receivers. Who was going to be the guy today? Tyree Kill was going to be Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins, or other. You guys chose Tyree Kill. He actually uh had a pretty good game for the Kansas City Chiefs, including a nice clutch 54-yard touchdown receiving. We'll hear from Tyree Kill and we'll hear from the NFL update desk with Dusty when we come back.
0: Let's go, no huddle. At the 40. This is the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show presented by 7th Street Casino, 610 Sports Radio.
3: And welcome back. Don't forget the Cable to Arena Hotline, 913-576-7610. We sweating this out, or do you already know the outcome? I didn't sweat at all. Team's got Patrick Mahomes. He strikes fear in the opponents. Tyree Kill, by the way, 31 catches for 496 yards. In eight games against the Chargers' lifetime. One yard shy of 100 yards today. Five for 198. But it's time to head into the locker room once again for the sounds of the game. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto. Your home for car audio since 1967. Here's uh, Tyreek Hill after a 99-yard performance.
5: Hey, Tyreek, just pretty simple one here. Can you just take us through that uh, 55-yard touchdown from the moment you saw that Patrick was going to throw it to, to the moment you caught it there?
2: Well, I kind of knew um he was going to throw it, you know, um I'm like the primary receiver on that route um and you know, Pat, you know, he does a good job just just um trusting us down the field, you know, just trusting us, you know, being able to make a play over those DBs. So, you know, so I was fortunate enough to be on the um other end of it. So, let's go next
5: to
9: Cody Tap. Go ahead, Cody. Do do you think that um the Chargers give you guys more trouble? than other teams you've seen the last few times out, they've done a little bit better job holding you guys down than most of the rest of the league.
2: Right. Well, I think they do do a a very good job, you know, but I mean, I feel that way about every team, you know, that we play. So, I mean, we just got to get better and um, not shoot ourselves in the foot, you know, so we will be better next week. I promise. Let's
5: go to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey Tyreek. After the end of that touchdown play, um, your helmet came off, um, uh, you know, did you take your helmet off or did it come out as part, as a part of the catch and go into the ground?
2: Nah. So I fail well, um, my helmet came off, you know, so I would never take my helmet off. You know, I feel like, you know, when, when I'm on the field, it's my responsibility to always keep my helmet on. I mean, that's one of coach Reed's biggest pet, pet peeves, him and EB taking your helmet off after a touchdown. I would never do that. You know, so if it did look like that, I, I promise you, I, I didn't take my helmet off. You know, it was, it was coming off. My, my helmet came off. So.
12: Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete.
10: Tyreek, I was just wondering in, in general. I mean, I, I know that by this point it it's almost becoming unexpected for you guys to come back in these games. But what does it say about this team that it really felt dire today and you guys managed to, to pull it out?
2: Well, um, at first, man, the um, energy level wasn't there. You know, um, we had to um, lean on a few guys you know, to get us going. You know, we had D Rob getting us going on the sideline, telling the wideouts to stand up for the defense. You know, we had Pat obviously getting us going. We had Kelsey, you know, um, so we had a bunch of guys, you know, rallying and um, building energy on the sideline for the offense, you know, and it was great, you know, so next week, like I said, I mean, like playing in a stadium with no fans, I will say is like the weirdest thing ever. You know, it's almost like a scrimmage, you know, and it and it kind of felt weird for me at first. That's why the first quarter I wasn't I wasn't I didn't I didn't feel like myself, you know, because I'm a wide out. I mean, I'm a I'm a punt return specialist, so I feed off the crowd. That's what I do. You know, so next week, I mean, I'm sure Co- I'm, I'm sure Coach Reed and EB and Spags, they're going to do a good job, you know, with um, practice simulating crowd noises, you know, energy, w- whatever that may be.
5: We've got time for a few more, guys. We'll go right down the line. Nate, Harold, and then Adam to close
1: it out. Go ahead, Nate. Tyreek, I just wonder how much of last year's postseason run, being down double digits, especially in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter, how much did that feel similar today? And how much can you use that because you guys do play so well in the fourth quarter of close games?
2: Well, we try not to to, um, live in the past so much, you know, because that's our mentality, and that's what, I mean, Coach E.B. and Coach Reed, they always tell us, you know, you can't live in the past. You always got to look forward. So, like I said, we just can't shoot ourselves in the foot early on, you know, with penalties, with, you know, with drop passes from myself and just just lack of effort. You know, I feel like I'm going to speak for myself. You know, I I didn't give, you know, second and third effort, you know, blocking for 2-5 down the field as I should every play, you know. Was it there some plays? Yes, but I didn't. I didn't give it to him. You know, like every play. So, we got to be better in those situations. You know, because those plays, you know, blocking down the field are what creates the big plays down the field for us. So,
7: let's go next to Harold Coons. ahead, Harold.
3: Tyreek uh, Mahomes only had 60 yards of uh, passing in the first half, and then 90, penalty, 90 yards of penalties overall. Kind of the complete opposite of last week. We only had five yards of penalties. Just what was just the what went into that, and just how did you correct that going into halftime?
2: Well, we half. well, we came in um, during the halftime. You know, obviously E.B. said what he had to say, but I mean Pat. You know, he sat the whole offense down and just had a talk and Was like, hey guys, we got to step up and make a play. You know, who's it gonna be? You know, leaders. You know, I need y'all to be more vocal to your groups and just, you know, and just show up. You know, so we kind of lean on each other. You know, to make plays and that's how it is on this team. You know, like, let's say for instance, Kelsey comes and makes a 50 yard catch, you know, like that's going to create energy for myself, for Sammy, for, for a mighty mouse for like all those other other guys, you know? So that's what changed it, you know, just the energy level, you know, and just awareness of, you know, the time. So.
7: We'll go to Adam Tyser for the last one. Go ahead, Adam.
2: Hey, Tyreek.
9: um, On the, Regarding that long touchdown pass you caught, do you feel like many other quarterbacks besides Pat could have made that kind of throw? Well,
2: well, I could have made that throw because I'm like our 1st screen quarterback. But um, any other quarterback? No, I don't think so, man. It's it's tough. You know, Pat, I feel like he's in a lane of his own. You know, Pat, probably Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, probably them two or Russell Wilson. Them three. I say them three. But Pat, you know, Me being, like, fast and just Pat having the arm strength and the accuracy and just, you know, just to trust you to just even throw that is just amazing to me. So it was a great ball. He kind of overthrew me because I I had to lean forward for it a little bit, but it was a good ball, though.
3: There's Tyree Kill, 54-yard touchdown today. Now 36 catches, 595 yards in nine games and six touchdowns against the Chargers. By the way, the Seahawks, And the Patriots, 35-30 to still. 36 seconds left. The Patriots driving one timeout remaining for New England. We'll check in with Dusty Likens at the NFL desk here in a few to give you the uh, conclusion to this game. But he mentions blocking down the field Tyreek Hill did. That's one thing that's kind of required of these receivers. What can you do blocking down the field? Of course, that's going to open up things for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. We saw Sammy Watkins have to lead the game. I mean, he was hit illegally in the head, and he kind of ear hold there, and he, he Reed kind of talked about the game. You're not supposed to be able to do that, and that's unfortunate because Sammy Watkins, and I've, I've said this several times, he blocks down the field. If you ever watch when Sammy Watkins, you might look at the stats and say, well, Sammy didn't have a big game. Well, that, that's not entirely true. Watch what he does without the football, and that was what I was worried about in the offseason, if Sammy Watkins was going to come back or not because who's going to step up? Was D-Rob going to be that guy? Physical, you know, he's a bigger wide receiver. Who's going to take that Sammy Watkins role of blocking his wide receiver? The guy's tough. You heard Sammy Watkins. It was on Cody and Gold this week when you heard the press conference live. And, you know, he's talking about cracking a linebacker. He's, he's not afraid to do that. He will do that at any point where he doesn't mind to do it. But it's Pat Mahomes making throws. It's ice water in the veins. It's the fear that you shouldn't have felt knowing Patrick Mahomes um, – can come back and win the game, and now you have it with Harrison Buckner. Let's go back to the NFL desk as the Sunday night football game coming down to an exciting conclusion. Let's check in with Dusty Likens on the last game of the night.
9: Dusty. Big, big, man. It's getting, uh, it's getting kind of interesting with this New England-Seattle game as Cam Newton is just heavily targeting Juliet Edelman as they threw what was a not a Hail Mary, but just a screamer desperation pass down the inside seam Pass interference on Seattle. There's nine seconds left. It's second and 10. New England's got the ball on the 15-yard line. Check that. They've got the ball on the 13-yard line. They just called timeout. The score is 30 to 35, but let's give the people what they truly want. The big performers of today in fantasy football. Dak Prescott, 450 yards passing, four total touchdowns. That includes two rushing touchdowns. Dak Prescott. 44.3 44.3 points when it comes to a fantasy quarterback performance as we wait until the Seattle-New England game comes to the conclusion of the time. How about oh, that Cowboys I, game? They came back one won. That surprised everybody. Yeah, and you know where that kicker played college from, right? What's that? You know where the kicker that won that field goal that got the end of the game for Dallas, you know where he played college football at, don't you, Greg Zerline?
3: Oh, Missouri Western.
9: That's right. I was going to say, if anybody knows where he went to college, it was definitely Jay Binkley. Seattle getting pumped and jacked on the sideline. Nine seconds left. New England, Cam Newton in the shotgun formation. No, we're not supposed to do play-by-play, but... No, we'll just talk, is a, talk about what happens here. You
3: no, know, yeah, I mean, what that's what I'm done. saying. Yeah. Cam Newton
9: throwing it up in the air. He's got a first down. New England does have a timeout, so it's first and goal from the two-yard line after a pass from Cam Newton inside the five. New England has a chance. There's two seconds left. This game is as advertised, 65 points on the board. New England, Seattle, New England, I think that many people might have thought without Tom Brady might be a disappointment this year. But again, they gave Bill Belichick, Cam Newton, and a lot of people might have discounted Dan, might have discounted Cam Newton on this year's uh, NFL season. But it looks like he's picked up that playbook very well. And again, Jay Binkley, I would say that New England is probably, as of right now, the third best team in the AFC for the Chiefs to worry about.
3: You know, it's tough to say, too, because Pittsburgh in that defense, um, you know, you think about the Pittsburgh Steelers, who's is that? Because that's one of the big questions. Like, who is the third best team? But I tell you what, and again, there's no crowd noise in Seattle. It is the 12th man. There's no fans that are loud. It's certainly a different stadium when you have that crowd noise going with Seattle. But the Steelers, you know, making their case. I thought the Colts, you know, I was waiting for for them to come back. And you mentioned – You know, the injury earlier to Paris Campbell in that game, but the Colts in a nice rebound win against the uh, Vikings today, 28 to 11. So now they're one and one, but Jacksonville proved to be no fluke as they gave Tennessee everything they were looking for. You got to
9: believe in Gardner Minshew. He looks like a kind of guy that might ask you on the side of the street at a local bar inside your local town in Parkville, Jay Binkley for maybe a cigarette, but you know, you trust the guy because of the way he looks. Now, here we go. This is the last play of the game for New England and Seattle. Three seconds left. First and goal from the two. Cam Newton's got the ball. And he gets denied. New England loses. Seattle wins 35-30 as New England loses with the ball in the two-yard line. Seattle winners in the Sunday night game 35-30. So New England goes in on the season 1-1. and The Chiefs will play the Ravens next week. Both teams 2-0. The winner of that, obviously, the favorite for the rest of the season. And then, Jay Binkley, you know, as more as anybody else, the Chiefs and New England will play at Arrowhead the following week in week four of the NFL season.
3: That's right. Thank you very much for everything tonight, Dusty, on the NFL desk. I
9: appreciate it very much. Uh, Have a good night. Hey, Jay Binkley, we'll do this every Sunday that the Chiefs play, man. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on.
3: That's right. Dusty is uh, New England.
9: Cam Newton is why they brought him
3: in. I mean, I really – I thought New England was going to, you know, get away with the win here, you know, against Russell Wilson on the road in Seattle again, Belichick, he may not have the weapons he's had before, but he can still coach. And they gave Seattle everything they wanted on the road. It came down to what, you know, cam has been best at cam Newton had 75 yards rushing a week ago. The most of the Patriots since 1977, we'll see the Patriots in a couple weeks at Arrowhead stadium, but they have to wonder about one thing, Pat Mahomes. They've seen him before. They know what he can do. Bilicek threw the kitchen sink at him back in New England. They're forgetting, you know, Hightower gets that interception. Then Patrick Mahomes makes that adjustment. They had that close game in the uh, AFC title game where New England gets the best of Pat Mahomes. And of course, Mahomes wins in the regular season. But looking forward to the chess match between Andy Reid and Bill Bilicek. But one thing that Bill will know is he gave Russell Wilson a lot of praise this week is with Patrick Mahomes. He's got that ice water in his veins. And I cannot wait to hear from Wink Martindale, the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator this week. You know why? Because last week he said there's two plays. Last year he said this. The play they call and the play Pat Mahomes runs. He has the ability to turn every game in to a backyard football game. The Ravens certainly respect the abilities of one Patrick Mahomes because they know what a good quarterback can do at that point. And again, if you sweated it out, I don't know if you'll sweat out next week. I don't know if you'll do it. Now you know the Ravens are a good team. They're certainly better than the Chargers. If the Chiefs are down by double digits, you can doubt Mahomes and Butker and Andy Reid and company again. Or if they prove it to you, I've crossed that point. I, you know, with, with Pat Mahomes, he is never out of a game, and it's a good feeling as a football fan to see what he can do. Really enjoyed the conversation tonight. This is uh, Chiefs sideline reporter Josh Klingler chiming in with us, and of course we talked. Pete Sweeney as well. Want to thank them. Then I thank Dusty Likens once again from the NFL desk. Thank the producer extraordinaire, Kramer Sansone. Always good to work with Kramer. And I appreciate your calls. I appreciate your text. I appreciate the great calls of Mitch Holtis each and every week. Falling out the Chargers. I loved it. Well, don't sweat anymore. It's ice cold with Mahomes. You don't have to sweat anymore. You have the quarterback that strikes fear in the opponents, and it's so comfortable to see it. You'll hear from your friends. You'll hear from your texts. Don't worry. Pat Mahomes got you. Don't forget, 730 in the morning, Derek Johnson with Fesco in the morning. See you. Good night.